ninth chapter. We're going to start reading with verse 6 there in just a few moments. If you found your place, if you'll stand with us, we'll start with verse 6 and read down through verse 8. And, I, and this I say, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he's purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Father, we thank you tonight for your goodness once again. We pray, Lord, you'll give us the strength and the uh, insight, Lord, to deliver the message that you'd have us to receive tonight. God, would you go with us in every undertaking. God bless your word and seal it to our hearts. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. The question we'd like to ask tonight, are we cheerful givers? And as I began to think about giving unto the Lord, I was reminded of a portion of Scripture that's over in the book of Matthew, chapter 5. And if we read verse 23 and 24 out of that fifth chapter of Matthew, we'll find that it says, if, uh, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar... And there rememberest that thy brother has all against thee. Leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. And that's how serious that God expects us to look at having uh, unity and uh, fellowship one with another is that we, God will, if I read that scripture correctly, and I believe that I do, God does not count any gift that we give unto him if we knowingly have uh, something against a brother or a sister or they have something against us and we don't make an attempt to straighten that out. Now, if I go and try and they refuse, then I've done all I can do. But that's how important that God thinks about uh, having... Uh, union one with another. God said it, that it's a blessed thing for brothers to dwell together in peace. But as we begin to talk about giving cheerfully tonight, I know the first thing that pops into your mind is thinking, man, he's going to talk to us about money. Well, we will eventually get there. But there's much more to us giving unto the Lord than what we have in our pockets. Sometimes money gets so important to us we think it's important to God. I heard a little joke one time that I'm sure it's not true, but it illustrates the point just the same. Said this fellow that, uh, well, I, I said I'm sure it's not true. I know it's not because you can't carry anything out of this world to heaven with you. But this guy said that uh, he got everything that he owned and he converted, converted it to gold. And they melted it down and he put it in a block and he said, when he went to heaven, he took that block of gold with him and presented it to the Lord. The Lord said, why are you bringing street paving up here? And uh, the point we're trying to make is that uh, the streets in heaven are paved with pure gold. 
We don't know what pure gold is. None of us have ever seen pure gold. Uh, and uh, so well, materially, we get all excited about what we have or what we'd like to have, but that doesn't excite God at all because it doesn't mean anything to Him. But I want us to think about some things that we can give God that does excite Him, does please Him. And the first thing that I'd like for us to think about tonight is true worship. You remember that Jesus said to the woman there in chapter 4 of the book of John, He said, there's coming a time and it is now when the true worshiper will worship in spirit and in truth. Worship, I, you know, and I began to think, how many of us really truly worship God when we come together even in the house of God? How many of us truly worship God? Uh, what are we, when we come together, what are we thinking about? You know, there's so many things in our lives now that it's awful hard to sit out there and listen to the preacher uh, run on for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever he does and uh, not get our minds on what happened yesterday. Man, something terrible happened yesterday or something wonderful happened yesterday. Or I'm looking forward to tomorrow and I'm, or I'm scared about what's going to happen tomorrow. And we get to thinking about those things and completely ignore the reason that we've gathered in the house of God. And uh, so this should be the uh, time when we come together like this should be the time that we consider the great God that we serve. The Bible says that there's none other like him. I believe that. If I thought there was another God that was more worthy of my worship, I'd change gods. But there's none other like the God that I serve. The Old Testament saints uh, designated him as the one that created the heavens and the earth. That's the way they separated him from all other gods. And, uh, he's still got all things under control. Aren't you glad that there's some words that you can apply to God that you can't apply to anyone else, yeah. any other being? You can say God's omnipresent. He's present everywhere all the time. You can say God is omnipotent. He's, he's all-powerful. You can say God is omniscient. He's, he's all-knowing. You can say, and, and, and Sister Vicky got on me one night because I left this out. He's immutable. Uh, he never changes. Amen. And we go on and on. He's sovereign. He's always got everything under control. And uh, that's the great and mighty God that we come together to worship and to serve and offer praise unto. And uh, what gift would please him more than honest, sincere heart praise from one of his children? Well, that's not a rhetorical question because I have an answer to that. What would please him more than sincere, honest, worship of one of his children, that'd be a whole house full of his children that would give him honest, sincere worship and do it in unity. And certainly that would please the Father. That'd please an earthly father, wouldn't it? And it certainly would please the heavenly Father. And uh, so then how can we bring praise to him? Uh, we talked about some of the words that describe him, but there's also some attributes that God has that uh, ought to make us praise him. Uh, one of them is he's love. God is love. And the kind of love that God has is that kind that uh, he loves even when we don't love him. And uh, he's also faithful. 
You'll never find God when he's off doing something else and unconcerned about what's going on in our lives. He, he's a faithful God. He's long-suffering. Man, I'm glad of that, aren't you? That God is a long-suffering God. And um, uh, there, there are few, well, in fact, outside of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, you can't find any that can say they're as long-suffering as God. And so you can give him uh, your praise and, and your dedication and your attention as we come together and sing the songs and pray the prayers and, and to bring the message. We ought to throw off all thoughts of the world and all thoughts of, of things that might be discouraging to us and disappointing to us and, and all things that might thrill us and excite us. Put all those things aside. Stay our minds upon God. And then not only can you uh, uh, give cheerfully unto him by praising him, but you can give, give, let me get my tongue untangled, you can give unto him praise in song. And uh, You know, many of us can't sing. Don't say amen to that. Many of us can't sing by ourselves. But we can all join together and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And that's all he requires of us. But I begin to think as we sing these songs, how many times have we really stopped and think what we're singing about? Or have we just got so familiar with them that we just call the words and, and uh, most of us could sing these old songs that we sang by heart. We really don't even need a hymnal. I, I knew a young man one time at that said, uh, he was a preacher, and he said uh, to me, he said, uh, uh, we don't sing those old wore-out songs at our church. And I said, that's all we sing in our church, those old songs, and you can't wear them out. But, uh, you know, I was saying this, we, we sing about amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Do we let that soak down in our soul? How wretched and ungodly and dirty and filthy we were, and yet God reached out because of His grace. Amen. There's no other reason God saved us other than by, by His grace and His mercy. And then we sang, Rock of Ages, clap for me. Man, there's times as a child of God when everything starts closing in on us and we get ready to throw our hands up and say, I don't know what to do. We can go to that cleft in the rock. And uh, just let Jesus come by and soothe our soul. And when we sang that, I wonder if it really gets down into our hearts and, and we really realize what we're saying. Are we really raising praise unto God as we say those words? And then I'll mention one more. And I think we sang it did we sing it tonight, what a day that will be? What a day that will be. When Jesus takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. Now, I don't know if Jesus is going to literally take me by the hand or not, but I know one thing, there's coming a day when I'll get to stroll over heaven, amen. If I could sing, that, that'd be one of the songs I'd sing uh, often. I want to stroll over heaven with you. Some sweet day when all cares and sorrows of this world have passed away. I want to stroll over heaven. 
Do, do we really get a grasp on, on those songs that God has touched somebody's heart to put together and let them touch our hearts and touch our souls? Let us learn to raise our voices and our hearts to Him in praise when we sing. Give Him that gift of honor when we raise our voices. Somebody was talking today about raising a hand to God. And I believe when we raise a song to God, it pleases Him. It's a sweet-smelling Savior. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the Holy Spirit, but we talked some about that this morning, so we won't spend a lot of time on that. But let us not forget uh, to praise God for the fact that He lets the Holy Spirit come and dwell within us. And He guides us and He teaches us and He enlightens us if we'll permit Him to do so. And uh, it pleases God when we submit under the Holy Spirit. And God help us if we learn to do that more. As I said, we talked about that some this morning. But let's talk a little bit about prayer. I believe prayer is another way that we can uh, give cheerfully unto the Lord. I hope that nobody in here, every time that you pray, is one of those people that comes up and says, well, Lord, I need you to give me this, and Lord, I need for you to do that, and Lord, here's something over here that needs to be done. I hope that's not the only time you pray. I, I believe that if you really want to get close to God and you really want to please Him and you really want to give a gift that, that is a sweet-smelling Savior unto Him, that you'll have that quiet time. And I've talked about this quite a bit lately, I know. But that quiet time when you pull away from family and friends and, and televisions and radios and all of those things, that you, you cut your cell phone off, I, I see hurt on a lot of people's face when I say that. But you cut your cell phone off and, and just get alone over there somewhere and just commune with God. You understand what I mean by communing with God? That's not me just praying and talking to Him. That's me praying and talking to Him and, and listening for Him to talk back to me. Now, you won't hear no audible voice, I'm sure. But I'll tell you what, you'll know just as sure when God speaks to you if there was an audible voice, and you'll know what He says. And so let's learn to give unto the Lord uh, through the blessings of prayer. And uh, you say, man, I just don't hardly know what to be thankful to God for. I, I've looked in my life, I used to be a young lady come to work when I was still at General Electric, and uh, she'd come in every morning with just, man, problem after problem after problem. And so I got to telling her, I said, every time you give me a problem, I'm going to tell you a blessing. And uh, we did that for a while, and then she got where she'd say, I've got this problem, but I've got this blessing over here. And... Uh, after a while, she got where she wasn't so sad and, and disgruntled all the time because she realized she had blessings that she didn't realize that she had. But even if everything's wrong in our lives, there's one thing we can always praise God for. That is the fact that our name's written down in heaven, amen. I mean, I don't care how bad things get and how, how bad the outlook is, uh, we still have something to rejoice over and praise God over and thank him for it, and that is that salvation is ours, as Brother Chris said a little, a little bit ago, and uh, our salvation doesn't depend upon ourselves. 
It depends upon the Lord Jesus Christ. The only way the devil can get our soul is to overpower Jesus. Amen. I certainly don't believe he'll ever be able to do that. And so let's give cheerfully unto the Lord. And certainly God expects us to give cheerfully of our time. Sometimes that hurts, doesn't it? That we, we give cheerfully unto God. We give time unto God to be used to witness for him and win souls and encourage weaker Christians and all the things that needs to be done to edify his cause. That we give time unto him. Not only we give time, but we give training. You know, sometimes uh, we might go on a job and, and we learn how to do something on the job. Maybe, maybe you've got a job, you had to really learn how to work a computer real, real well. Uh, find out some way you can use that computer to bring honor and glory to God. Don't, don't sit on our chat line and, and talk about something that's worthless or maybe sinful. Uh, find out a way, figure out a way to use that training that you have to bring honor and glory to God. And then uh, we ought to be able to glorify him by the use of our talents. Some of us don't have any of those things, but many do have. Maybe it's a talent to play an instrument or a talent to sing or a talent to teach. Or they, There's a hundred things that God can use people for. And just like God said, every individual has a different talent. You may not think you've got a talent, but you can do something. I've often said, maybe all you can do is warm a pew. If that's all you think you can do, I tell you, you be the best pew woman God ever had. And I'll tell you, if you'll do that faithfully, God will give you the talent to do something else. And then, of course, the Christians, I want to mention something else to you. Right here close to where we are, if you'll back up to chapter 8 of uh, 2 Corinthians, and look at verses 4 and 5. This is talking about Paul when they went over to collect some uh, money for the saints at Jerusalem, and they came to those Macedonian Christians, and here's what he says in verse 4 and 5. Uh, Praying us with much entreaty that we should receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. And now here's what I want you to see. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave themselves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. But they gave themselves first. And uh, I believe that pleases the Lord. I heard the story one time of a missionary, and it's supposed to be a true story. And he said they, uh, those poor folk over there, but they give them a chance to give unto the Lord and they had a little place up here. They let them come up and, and uh, put money or whatever they had in a little basket and said one little girl came up there and just stood by the basket. And he said after everybody else quit, she was just still standing there and said directly he went over and said, Now, honey, said, what, what are you standing here for? She said, I didn't have any money to give to the Lord. I just decided I'd give myself. And I believe that's what we need to do. I believe, I believe that would please God better than anything else that I could think of, that we just give ourselves unto him. And if we give ourselves unto him, then he's going to have our talents, and he's going to have our training. He's going to have our time, and he's going to have our efforts, and all that we possess if we give ourselves unto him. Now, I'm going to hurt you. 
because I'm going back to the primary meaning of this verse as we close. That is, we ought to be a cheerful giver when it comes to money. Over in the book of Malachi, verse 8 of the third chapter, the Bible says, will a man rob God? Man, we'd go back through and ask people and everybody say, oh, no, I, I wouldn't rob one of my fellow men. I certainly wouldn't rob God. You could set those offering plates down there and, and uh, with all the money that's given unto the Lord and, and uh, nobody in here, I believe, nobody's in this oratorium here tonight. Not any real young folk out here. I don't believe any of the adults out here tonight would touch a penny of God's money. They'd say, we wouldn't touch God's money. We wouldn't steal God's money. God says here to these folk, will a man rob God? Yet, you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed you? How have we robbed you, God? He says in tithes and offerings. In keeping your tithes and keeping offerings. And uh, then he goes on in verse 9 and says, You're cursed with a curse, for you've robbed me, even the whole nation. Now, listen to verse 10. This is, this is the crutch of the matter. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Now, I believe, what, and you can have your opinion, this is the way I see this, that God talking about the tithes and the offerings here, and he doesn't say anything about the offering in verse 10, he said, bring the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. This is the Lord's house. And I, what I believe he's saying there, that we ought to bring our tithe into the local church. Now the offering is a different matter. I believe that's left up to the discretion of the individual. But he said, if you'll do that, prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And he talks about, in one place, about giving blessings shaken down. Now, I know you city folks don't know what he's talking about. But us old country boys, we went out and got shelled corn. And I mean you can fill that basket or that five-gallon bucket or whatever up and just pile it up. Man can't get another grain on it. Then you can pick that thing up and jar it down against the ground a few times, and it's almost half empty. And you fill it up again, and you jar it down again. And you can wind up putting about twice as much corn in that bucket as you had to start with. That's what God's saying. I'll give you blessings packed down and running over. And I believe what God says, and I believe it's still, somebody said, that, that's a, a tithing is under the law. You're exactly right. It was under the law. But I'll tell you something else. It was before the law too. Because Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek. And uh, I'll tell you a little something else. You'll say, well, that leaves us free. You go over and read about the rich young ruler that was talking to Jesus and telling him what all he'd done that uh, made him deserve salvation. He said, I paid tithes of mints and something else. I can't remember what else right now. But he said, I've paid tithes of those from my youth. Now here, listen to what Jesus said. These you ought to have done. But you ought not left the other things undone. The weightier matters of mercy and so forth. But he says, when he talked about the tithes, he said, 
That's you ought to have done. You've done right in doing that. But you stop short of doing everything that pleases the Lord. And so we're talking tonight about giving unto the Lord what we possess. God doesn't expect anything we don't possess. And I don't believe for a moment that you can, you can get God indebted to you. Now, if I give just to get, I'm probably going to wind up giving it away. But if I give because I love the Lord, he said don't give because of necessity. Don't give because you think, boy, there's a need here and I've got to give in order to keep this uh, church from closing or something. Like that. Don't give that away. Because God was saying, I'm able to take care of that. Don't give because of necessity. But give because you love to give. And if you love the Lord like you ought to, you're going to love to give to Him and give to His cause. And uh, so, we ought not to give grudgingly. We ought not to say, man, I'm going to put this $20 bill in, but I sure do hate to. You might as well keep it in your pocket. God's not going to bless that. But I believe if I give because I love the Lord and because I love His cause and I want to see it go forward, I believe God's going to make sure that money comes back. I, I told, and I'm going to close with this. I told a young lady one time at work, she, she said, I, can't, I want to ask you something. said, I can't understand this. She said, me and my husband both work here. And uh, said, I don't know exactly what you're making, but we don't make too much less than you do. And I know that your wife doesn't work. And we stay behind financially all the time, and I don't ever hear you complaining about it. And I said, I'm going to tell you the reason, and you're not going to believe me. But I said, the reason for that is, before I do anything else, I give 10% of it away. And I believe that. God's always been faithful to us. We haven't went hungry one day. We haven't had to find his clothes, but we've never had to go without clothes one day. We've never, there's never been a time when we didn't have a place to lay down and go to sleep. You say, you sound like you're bragging. I am on God. It's not my doing, it's God's doing. And I believe if you're faithful to him, he'll be faithful to you. I ask you to stand if you would, please. Piano player and song leader, come. Brother